Life is often so busy, taking us here, there, seemingly everywhere. When you aren't able to make it to church, we hope you are fed and nourished by listening to the preaching of God's Word wherever you are at the moment. In the meantime, take care, and God bless. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you all this morning on this Independence Day. Again, I mentioned earlier we continue our sermon series because Jesus is a blessing. We've been asking this question, why Jesus? I think it's been really helpful to turn our hearts and our minds uh, onto Jesus, to read these words from Jesus, to hear these stories of Jesus anew for each and every one of us. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Dear God, thank you for gathering us together. Help us to hear a message, prepare our hearts to see who you are, how you are moving us to notice that you indeed are blessing us and your whole world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The reading that I read for you just a few moments ago comes from Jesus' most famous sermon. And of course, Jesus is maybe one of the most famous people of our world history, and we have his most famous words. It's from a portion of the Gospel of Matthew called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus went up to a mountain and just started teaching, and we get the actually very first words of that most famous sermon. It's kind of an odd way to start a sermon, if you ask me. I mean, if I were to just get up here and say, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, and then sit down and be done, you might kind of not be sure what I'm doing. But I think if we look carefully, we'll see how Jesus is moving us, how Jesus might be inviting us to notice things in our midst differently. I don't know about you, but this year in pandemic, I've been caught in different moments where uh, I think psychologists have called it languishing. Maybe you saw this article floating around the interwebs where I'm just not sure what direction to go. I'm not actually even sure if up is up or if down is down. Everything is different. My routines are different. And the whole world seems kind of cattywampus. Right? It's felt like a very strange season to be in. But what I've noticed about myself is that when I get in that spot, I kind of see all the world through my eyes, through my perspective, through my own pain and suffering and, and, and uh, frustrations. And we have all gone through some of those immense pain and suffering and, tr- and, and frustrations this year, have we not? I mean, many of us have totally had our, our, uh, our routines disrupted. Many of us, or some of us, have, have lost employment or meaningful work. Some of us have lost people, loved ones, to this terrible disease. We've lost a sense of public discourse in an impossible year. We've lost the ability to connect uh, with people that we love. We've felt isolated often. This indeed has been a challenging year. And so psychologists have called this malaise uh, languishing, this sense that we uh, don't quite know how to interact with the world around us. But I looked at this passage from Jesus, blessed are those, blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. 
And what I actually noticed is that it doesn't mention me, you, until the very end of the passage. Jesus is always reaching out to those. It's almost like he's looking out in the crowd and saying, those, (laughs) not the people listening to my sermon, but those somewhere else. It isn't until the very end that Jesus leans in and says, blessed are you. But what are his final words in these beatitudes that we're reading today? Blessed are you when you are persecuted for my namesake. Blessed are you when they shout and yell all sorts of awful things about you because you follow me. So then I sat with this passage and thought, I've, I've never been there. We live in this country that, in fact, we celebrate today this beautiful liberty to be able to practice our faith and that others might practice their faith in this nation that we love. I've never experienced true persecution for my faith. So perhaps Jesus is inviting us out of our own stories and into the stories of something beyond us. Perhaps Jesus is trying to get us to kick our shoes off in the moment of languishing or malaise and and perhaps see something greater at work in the world. Perhaps indeed Jesus is blessing. I stumbled upon an article recently, uh, and, it, and it featured an interview from Dr. Michelle Shiota, and it, it gave her title, which I think is a title that is pretty fantastic. She is a world expert in what? Awe. I mean, how cool is that? A world expert in awe. I mean, if I could study something my whole life and maybe become a world expert in it, I don't think I could think of anything better than awe. So in this interview with Dr. Michelle Shiota, she gives us some doctor's advice. She's a professor uh, of psychology, and she says, an awe a day keeps the malaise away, the languishing away. So think of that for a minute, and she defines it for us. Awe is a change that happens in our mind and in our bodies, and in our feelings, when we encounter something so extraordinary that we can't explain it. When we encounter something so extraordinary that we can't explain it. Now, we as human beings, and I know you're probably similar to me in this, we're kind of in the habit of explaining the things that are in front of us, are we not? So that sense of not being able to explain something isn't in our hardwired modern contemporary livelihoods. I mean, we walk around all day with a supercomputer in our back pockets. So if we see something that we don't know how to explain, what's our first go-to? Well, what does Google have to say about it? Right? Have you ever been in that moment where like, you remember a fact from history class and, and you just don't quite know it? You're like, oh, I'll just, I'll just double check it. And then you get the fact right, right? I mean, it's a lot of fun at dinner parties, right? You know, <laughs> just pulling facts out of your back pocket. But this awe is a change that happens in our mind and in our bodies and in our feelings when we encounter something so extraordinary that we can't explain it. 
When we give up trying to look up what that means or what that looks like, it's a moment that actually interacts with our physiology, with our bodies, with our biology, with just what Dr. Shiota is suggesting. But I wonder, my friends, if we might add as followers of Jesus that it is a change that happens in our mind and in our bodies and in our feelings and in our spirits. Because I think awe does that for us. It recalibrates who we are in this world, how we interact with the people around us in our neighborhood, in our families, at our workplaces, at school. It, it, it changes how we interact with the world all around us. So before we get too far ahead of us, I have three words for us today. I know that we do three points, but I can't keep three points in my head. So all I can come up with is three words. Are you ready for these? Down, up, rise. Can you help me stay accountable to these three words? Help me out here. Oh, you, you did it. You're just great preachers this morning. I think we're done. You thought, you thought, my friends, that one day, one day, we'll try that, all right? So we'll try that one more time. Three words, three simple words. And what I want to invite you into with these three simple words, I've gone looking in my week, in these past couple weeks, thinking about times when I've been caught up into a moment where I could see some awe. They're simple things. They're nothing extraordinary. And I know I am sharing three with you today. You could come up with 150 more in the week ahead. So that's what I'm going to invite you to start thinking about. So first, we will begin, of course, at the beginning with down. So I want you to actually look down. Do it with me. Come on. Look down. Do you see anything below you that will cause you an experience of awe? Maybe not. I'm seeing some like, I'm not so sure what you're after here, pastor, sorts of looks. Down. So I thought I'd share a story. Last week, I was out uh, uh, greeting my family. I was helping out in the, uh, in the donut room across the hall. Uh, and my, my, my family, my kids and my wife Hannah were coming to the uh, second service. And so I thought I'd meet them out there. They had seen what they thought were bugs. And I have a, f a five-year-old five and, and a seven-year-old. And they don't like bugs at all, like kind of normal five and seven-year-olds. So they were really weirded out by what they thought were bugs all over the floor as they were, or all over the ground as they were coming into church. And they kind of got over it. Uh, and finally, when I took them out after church, back to the car, we actually noticed what was on the ground, looking down right in front of us. So I took a picture. Can you see it? Do you know? Can you see it? I'm seeing some maybes, not quite sures. I'll make it a little easy for you. Can you see it yet? That's my lovely wife, Hannah's toe. I'll hear about that later. Sorry. Sorry, dear. Can you see it? Not quite. Let's make it a little bit easier for you. Can you see it now? Or can you see it now? These tiny toads were just hanging out all over by the front door right out here. There were dozens of them, if not hundreds of them. They were all over, and every time you took a step, they would just hop. 
and they were maybe the size of a pencil eraser. I actually took these last two pictures a few days later with Pastor Peter as we were walking to open the trailer for the prop collection. And I I took the picture of them because they had grown. They were like two and a half erasers by Tuesday. They were these growing toads that just seemed to appear out of nowhere. In fact, we have a a kid who's in in third grade who was here at the nine o'clock service. He shared he was wondering if they were American toads. Apparently these toads, and I trust this kid, he's he's a factoid about these animals, they freeze over the winter and then come spring and summer, they thaw in the ground and then start hopping up out of the very ground itself. This is amazing. You can look down and you can see these creatures that are breathing, that are hopping around, that are growing. It's, it's so awesome. I mean, if you can't see awe out of a little frog like that, I think we need some more breaths together. And if you're a scientist, I know we can explain it and, and all of those things, but what an amazing thing that's growing right in our very backyard. So cool. So down. I want you to look down this week and find some awe. It's all over. It's all over. It might not be a toad. might be something else. What's next, of course? Up. I have a friend, Ellie Rocher, who has some really specific advice about up. She's, she gives us some spiritual practice to look up, but she doesn't end there. She says, look all the way up. This comes from a book called 12 Tiny Things that many of us read this January. We had a sermon series about this. My dear friend Ellie Rocher came and met with some of us in small groups. And this spiritual practice has been one that I've tried. I, again, am not an expert in this, but I've tried to, to, to do it because it's been helpful to look up all the way up. And we're going to experiment with it together in a minute. But before we get there, I want to tell you a story of one time when I saw my daughter look up all the way up. She's five years old, Dorothy, and we were driving actually my father-in-law's car to the uh, dealership to get, get fixed. It had some issues with it. So I, I volunteered to drive the car to the dealership. And Dorothy was, was in the back seat. I was driving. And all of a sudden, this was uh, Father's Day just a few weeks ago. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, this, this rain just comes, just pouring. I don't know if you remember this rain, but it was torrential rain, and we needed it. Wasn't it so wonderful to have one torrential rain this summer? But Dorothy looked up out of the sunroof or the moonroof in the car that kind of stretched all the way back to the back of the car. And she was looking straight up at these plops of rain just dropping, making all sorts of noise on the window ahead of her. And she was just excited about it. There was even thunder and she didn't get too scared by the thunder, but she was just looking up at this rain coming down, plop, 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 plop. And all of a sudden, it starts to get a little bit quiet back there. I I started talking, Dorothy, I look in the rearview mirror and this is what I see. She looked up, all the way up. And what happened? But her jaw falls, and she is in total awe of this water falling from the sky, this storm all around us. So, if you need a nap during the sermon, you're getting my permission right now. It'll be short, and I'll wake you up after. But we're going to take a moment, and we're going to practice this. We are going to take a moment and look up, all the way up. We are in this giant space here. It's even better if you're outside, but this is a beautiful space to do this in. So take a minute. Look up, all the way up.
Do you hear it? You're all looking in the same direction. It's quiet. You can hear the trickling of the living water back in the corner. Maybe you noticed something different about this space. I've done it twice now, and I noticed the light that's out right ahead of me, but maybe you noticed something even grander. And maybe as you settle back into sitting in your chair, you feel a little bit different. We breathed together for a moment. We looked in the same direction. I mean, how many times in a week can we get anyone going in the same direction for any period of time? And yet, what did we do right now? We looked up, all the way up. It recalibrates you. It resets your perspective. It gives you a sense that I'm just one mere speck. And this is a big building, but it's just one building. I think the psalmist said it right. In the Psalms, the psalmist says, if I rise on the wings of the morning, if I ride to the stretch of dawn, you are there, O God. And then the next line, if I make my home in the depths of Sheol, in the bed of the pit, the farthest away, you, O God, are there. You see, down or up, Jesus is blessing. We might not notice it all the time. We might sometimes get turned in on our own issues, stuck on our own stuff. But it's all around us, down or up. The ancient people actually imagined that God lived on top of the world. Now, I know, suspend our scientific understanding for just a moment with me. But the writers of the Bible actually dreamed that God's house was on top of the heavens. Just living right there in a house. Which, if you think about it, looking up, all the way up, maybe you can catch an image. Maybe you can catch an inkling of God's home. Now let's stretch that to today. Tonight you're going to go out and maybe you'll stay up late, kids, later than bedtime, and look at the fireworks and see the booms up in the heavens. And you might, depending on where you're watching the fireworks, you might even see stars sprinkling up ahead. And if you look up, all the way up, you tell me if you can't get a sense of God's wonder. You tell me if you can't get a sense of awe, that sense that I can't even explain it. Science gets us close, but I think that reset of our spirits helps us reconnect with God, with nature, and with one another. So, what were my three words? Look at you preachers, you are all ready to go. So our final word of the day is rise. This was that same two weeks ago, we went to visit my, uh, uh, my wife's grandparents, and uh, we went to wish, wish Bobby a, a happy uh, Father's Day, but we also went for another purpose. I was going to get a gift, a small gift, and I'm going to show you a picture of this gift. It isn't, doesn't look like anything special. But this is the gift that we traveled through torrential rain to receive. And I'm looking and seeing faces of people who have no clue what's on my stovetop there. 
But if you know, you know. So I'm going to keep describing this gift. Inside of this jar is something that's alive. Inside of this jar is something that's growing. Inside of this jar is something that came from the air itself and that will feed our family for a week. Now people look even more confused. This was the label on this gift. May 12th, 2021, Pastor Matt's Sourdough. And my grandpa, Bobby Griffin, gave, me a, a, gave it a name, Please Rise. I think it's pretty cheeky for a sourdough starter. This is a sourdough starter. You mix water and flour, you let it sit on your countertop, yeast, bacteria from the air itself starts to grow and bubble. You keep feeding it, you keep feeding it, you tend it just a little bit, doesn't take much work, and you can get bread. Let me say that one more time. You mix a little bit of flour, a little bit of water, you put it on your countertop, and from the air itself, you can get this? You gotta be kidding me! What a world we live in, my friends. We look. And what's happening all around us? But we are rising. Jesus told a parable about yeast, this leaven that gets mixed in with the bread. And if you've ever had a chance to make any bread, it doesn't take much yeast, just a pinch, just a smidgen. And in my recent experience, again, I'm not an expert at sourdough baking. I'm brand new to it, but I sure am having fun. All you need is a little bit and it grows. You stretch it, you tend it, you take care of it a little bit and feed it every now and again, and you can get some amazing tasting bread out of the very air itself. Awe all around us. So this is my encouragement for you this week. Jesus is blessing. As these Beatitudes teach us, Jesus is blessing us, the world all around us. But I feel like sometimes we don't notice it. So this week, I want you to look and, and then, little by little, minute by minute, breath by breath, perhaps we will see that Jesus is blessing and we all will rise. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope you found this week's message helpful as you think about how you will live out your faith each day. If you would like to support the ministries at St. Andrew Lutheran Church, you can do so by having your credit card information available and then texting a gift to 952-260-9007. Thank you and God bless.